Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 272, Defenders. Episode 6, Ashes, Ashes. there welcome to welcome to level seven where we talk about the marvel cinematic universe my name is Stuart, and i'm joined with hey it's me ben ben avery what's up it is ben, it is ben avery how are you doing today sir i'm i'm, I'm great i'm awesome. wonderful Did, has it started snowing there yet no but we've had gray days lots of rain weather in the 40s it's great it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 snowing here. Winter has shown up. Yeah, if, I'm not, if we I'm not were ready for that fandom. yet, <laughs> I, I like it, but I'm just not ready for it yet. Yeah, usually it doesn't show up for another couple of weeks, but uh, it's early. Yay! <laughs> we're all excited up here. Um. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you're new to the show or haven't, um haven't been here before um we talk about everything um if it's on netflix if it's on hulu if it's in the movies maybe there's a book we don't know yet um <laughs> we're waiting we're gonna play everybody's favorite game show we are gonna play everybody's favorite game show that's a great game show um and so yeah we're, we're that's what we talk about and and spoiler policy is if we've talked about it on the show it could come up in the episode it's free game Free game. If we haven't talked about it on this show, we will not bring it up in the episode. When we watch the Netflix shows, because we take so long to get to them, because you know it's it's been a year since Defenders was on. Um, what we do is we call in immediately after the episode. We're watching the episode in that 14 seconds it takes for the for the uh, the, the credits to roll and the new one to start. You press pause and you call, and we'll play those right now. We're going to play them right now. We got calls from Daniel Butcher, uh, former co-host and co-creator of this podcast, myself, you, Stuart, and Samantha. And yeah, let's hit play. Defenders, episode six, in which we find out there's a giant hole in the plot of the Inhuman. Oh, no, it's the bottom of the circle. So, 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 what do we think? Well, uh, wow, Electra, hello, talk about surprises, kills her mother figure and her father figure in the same episode. I'm sure there's something that could be said about that. I was a little shocked to actually see both of them go. But, wow, Electra's in, in charge and the Black Sun is bringing the dark rain. Holy smokes, that was a little, again, when she took out Alexandria, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Side note, sometimes I forget that uh, um, our Daredevil villain, whose name I always can remember but just forgot, uh, he was not a hand member. I forget that sometimes. Um, hey, I do see the beginnings of the Luke and Danny relationship. 
Um, I look forward to seeing this more. Uh, again, Danny needs this mentor figure, and Luke needs this figure that can learn, teach him about other ways of looking at the world. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking that a little bit. Again, it'd be nice to get Danny out of a chair. But, you know, episode six actually like better than episode five. So... All right, back uh, back to the viewings I go. Peace out later, bye. Hi, it's Samantha. I just watched episode six, Ashes, Ashes. So long story short, the defenders fight each other. Iron Fist is bound because he's the key. Uh, Stick tries to kill Iron Fist. Jessica and Matt investigate, and they find out, oh, yeah, there is something under Midland Circle Tower. Uh, they come back, and... Sticks dead by Electra's hand. Yeah, she remembers. She calls him Matthew. I'm so excited. Oh, by the way, Alexandra said, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I want to watch episode six, but I got to get going somewhere. But yeah, this is a really good episode. I'm excited to see episode seven. I'll have to do that later. Bye. Season one of Defenders, episode six. This is Stu calling in. I didn't call in for episode five. To be fair, I thought it was kind of boring. Um, I'm going to have to revisit that just to make sure. Uh, you know, I missed something, I think. But regardless, I just finished episode six. Um, Goodbye, good, good Lee. It was nice knowing you. Glad to see you're in the series. And it occurs to me that if you have not watched season two of Daredevil, you have no idea what's going on. Zero. Um, well, maybe not zero, but you kind of need all those backstory. Is that good? Is that bad? I can't tell. Um, still, it's a very well done show and, and twists and turns galore. <sighs> Goodbye, Zool. There's only Dana now and or Electra. All right. Uh, episode seven. Gonna go into it. Peace out, everybody. Okay, it's me, Half Ben, and yesterday I was responsible. Today, I don't know what I'm gonna do because it's late-ish. I just watched episode six, which was, we'll get to that, but now there's seven and eight left. And it's late-ish, and I'm wondering, can I just watch one more? Because if I watch just one more, that's an hour, right? And then it'll be like past my comfortable bedtime. <sighs> and then if I watch, I, yeah. But I can't just leave one unwatched. You know, if there's just one. It's like the Pringles at the bottom of the can. You can't just leave two Pringles at the bottom of the can. You gotta eat them, even though you've gone over the serving size twice. Anyway, here's what I, <laughs> this episode, man. Uh, not just men, ladies also, but this episode, I did not expect any of this to happen. I was listening with my earbuds on a little bit louder than I probably should, but it felt like I was watching in a movie theater, and the ching, ching, ching of the swords was incredible, and then all of a sudden, boom, stick, dead, boom, done. What? What? And then, Sigourney, boom, done. And, you know, I'm watching this dichotomy between the hand and the defenders 
and the way that they're, you know, interplaying with each other and, and the defenders, you know, sideline iron fist and then the hand is sidelining, um, trying to sideline Sigourney or sidelining, uh, Black Sky or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a good back and forth there where they reflect each other. And anyway, man, I wasn't expecting those things to happen. Yeah. A lot of action. No, not a lot of action. There's enough. There's some, but <laughs> better than iron fist. Anyway. Defenders, season one, episode six, done. And now we're moving into the last two episodes. I'm going to call Act Three after this Act Two point of no return with Electra. Wow. Wow. All right. I'm, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to go to bed or if I'm going to stay this tomorrow, but. All right, that is us from the past, and that yeah. that is us from the past. Oh, past Ben! Oh, past Ben! It was so awkward. young and naive and kind of foolish, <laughs> and yet sometimes wise, and sometimes, yeah. And I'll let the listener decide if this is one of those wise times <laughs> or naive times. You know what? It's it, either or. Maybe it's in between. I, I, it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It was okay. a year ago. Right. Right. So um, let's talk about the now because we've watched it again. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm I'm curious, you know, this this episode, when I watched it this time, I completely forgot almost everything that happened in this episode, except for Danny Rand tied to a chair. And so that kind of betrayal, that tension there. But what the title alludes to. For me, I completely forgotten. I'm not even sure I remembered even the the Danny tied to a chair. I I I, I must have watched this one when I was almost asleep or something because this was not. I I do not remember this episode, especially the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so the the two kind of most shocking bits in my mind, that's the stuff that did not stick with me. And mm-hmm. so I'm watching it this time, and I'm I'm shocked by them again. Uh, but, I, I see what you did there, by the way. Didn't yeah. stick with you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, <laughs> noticing that I did that completely on purpose. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, the but the the Danny Rand in the chair, which we'll get there, you know, and talk about it as we talk through the plot. But that stuck with me because it just was such uh, an important part of the, I guess, the team dynamic, and. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that part I remembered and I was wondering, when are we going to get to that? Because I know that's coming. Uh, and then this episode was the one we got to it. But yeah, yeah, I right. so pleasantly surprised and I still like the episode. You know, I, I like this. So good. All right. All right. Do you want to you ready to go through it? Yeah, I'm ready to go through it. OK, so I had uh, my outline is we're just going to go basically scene by scene um, until the very end when we sort of split off but then come together so okay okay um so the first thing we see is uh alexandra she's sitting there listening to her um probably vintage first edition vinyl of something and it skips and don't you hate it when that happens i do (laughs) yeah yeah it sets up stuff for us though i mean this scene is yeah thematically one of the most important scenes of this episode i think because they're doing it a lot of talking about um, you know getting old dying mm-hmm. 
you know, she's had this, she, she's kept it, and then the, the record's in great shape, it skips. She takes it off, she's examining the record, you know, and, uh, but time does this. It's the natural progression of things. And Especially the vinyl records. You got to keep those, got to keep them clean, and yeah. you got to keep them in good shape. Mine are Which, not. <laughs> yours are not. I don't even have vinyls anymore. It's all streaming. Yeah, I don't have much. I've got a couple of U2 albums and some soundtracks. I have the Close Encounters soundtrack. Oh, I bet that sounds amazing. It opens up into this broad, widescreen picture. And they just use, there's no liner notes there or anything. It's just a picture of the UFO from the end mm-hmm. at, when it's landed. And they're doing the communication. And it's this really, really cool uh, packaging and... And then I have some Jeff Johnson who, if you know who Jeff Johnson is, um, you are part of a very awesome club, but not many people would know who he is, but he's a, yeah, he did a lot of like new age type music and stuff, Wyndham Hill kind of stuff. I had a vinyl of um, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Let You Go. Wow. I don't know what happened to it. I think it's gone. <laughs> That's pretty cool <laughs> though. <laughs> it was given to me as a gift and and I... Right, it was actually given to me as a gift. Right when the whole Rick Rolling thing happened, and kids look up Rick Rolling, um, that's kind of meta there. But that was the only vinyl I ever, hmm. only vinyl I ever had. Um, so then the team gets some information downloaded from Stick. Danny proclaims he's a weapon, not a key. So let's hide him. And here's my question about that: Is Danny overreacting to this? To this whole scene where, you know, they fight and it's a deal. Is he overreacting? What I like about it is that this takes what people don't like about Danny, which is his childishness. Yes. And it kind of plays with it and and puts it to the forefront. He's not listening to them as they are speaking about practical things. Now, he is hearing and seeing them turn against him. And this is what I remembered. Like, this is the stuff I remembered is them turning against him. And I'm watching it. I'm like, there's there's tension here because he feels like, okay, I have to be doing something. And what are you doing? You are holding me back. And I think it's, it's a great moment. Uh, I think it's, it's a great moment. Is he overreacting Uh, a little bit? Maybe Uh, because it's true. If the hand wants something so bad, what do you think you should do with that? Maybe keep it away from them. And he wants to rush in there. You know, he's the MacGuffin right now. Danny Rand is the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin wants to run into the hands of the bad guys. All MacGuffins run into the hand of the bad guys. Just saying, by the way, or else they wouldn't be a MacGuffin. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I get I, I get why he um, shouldn't go in there. But at the end of the day, he kind of. I mean, I feel like he's self-preserving a little bit, right? Where he's going, wait a second, what are you guys doing? I think it goes from, I need to be doing something forward moving to almost a little like, wait a second, three very powerful people, four powerful four, people yeah, yeah. Are, are closing in on me. This is, you know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna self-preserve a little bit at this moment. Well, the fingers all wanting to wrap around the thumb right now. and That's right. You know, as far as their hand goes, the, the defender hand. Um, and his motivation is understandable. You know, he, I I love, he says, I've already lost one city. I won't lose another, you know? And I like that Matt says the same thing or or, me too, or or essentially that. Yeah. I'm not going to lose it either. You know? Right. 
and and that's why we're doing what we're doing. And it's a I appreciate that Danny um and Matt and Luke and Jessica even although not so much with Jessica but they all seem to care about um the city as a whole. So it's kind of this character that a fifth character that's in the story. Yeah, yeah, in some ways. I mean, they they care about the city. Mm-hmm. They are getting to care about each other a little bit here. And then you have Stick, who just kind of the he's the black swan, as they say. You know, he's he's the unknown factor that gets thrown in mm-hmm. there. And yeah, but it's a it's a good fight. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's great, you know, comic book tradition. If heroes meet, they fight each other. And right. it's not just when they meet, you know, after they've met, they'll do it, do it again, you know, eventually because something's going to come up and this is a great something that comes up and it's a great fight. And the way it ends is a great ending. You know, the Luke takes the iron fist, everyone's down, but they're not quitting. And then Jessica just pops him in the head, knocks him out and yeah. <laughs> cuts credits, you know, um, yeah. but this scene is, was memorable to me clearly because i remembered it you know but <laughs> yes um but it, I, I think it's memorable because it's, it's it's the team dynamic you know uh luke is just being you know look we got to listen we got to think about this you know matt your you sticks right you've got to you can't go there um and danny's i gotta do something i gotta do something and you just want me on the sidelines this is how they work you know they, they want to divide us they want you to be distracted they want you to turn on me and yeah i mean definitely he feels like, or it, it feels like he is a, um, uh, a child in this still, you know, I, I realize that they sort of take it and move with it and work with it, but he still got that childish ambition, that childish feeling about it. Yeah. But an understandable that, feeling too. Yeah. Understandable. But that's the thing that like the, 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 the quarterback who's mostly pretty good, maybe the best in his city but not the best in the world, you know, says that's, that's how I felt like it. Yeah. All right. So they can't, he can't leave this room, but they knock him out and they move him to a different room. Um, Matt and Jessica leave to go talk to the architect and Luke stays with Danny. Um, Then after that, uh, Alexa, who's not Alexa, Not you, Alexa. You're trying to turn on a device here. I'm turning on all of your devices for that, and I apologize for that. Um, Electra, which they should have really renamed the Amazon thing to Electra. Anyway, um, she is dreaming, and she is dreaming that she is in uh, Matt's loft. And then she wakes up, and she's in Matt's loft. And that's, you know, that's called breaking and entering. I think if a lawyer found that, they could have a really sharp case you shouldn't be in that house no no but you know it it shows i mean she it's interesting because she goes to sleep on that bed kind of mm-hmm. in a fetal position and we talked about this a little bit last episode she's in this fetal position and it's kind of like a new awakening or whatever and it really again i forgot what happens at the end of this episode but when she wakes up from that dream it's a rebirth she mm-hmm. is reborn into in some ways into her old life, but into a new version of her old life. Um, Cause she's dreaming about Matt. He's wearing white. He's looking happy and she's her old self and they're just warm and fuzzy. And then she wakes up. It was all a dream. Um, but now she's getting back to being 
Electra rather than being Black Sky. The Black Sky, yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke and Stick talk about the bad hand stuff. Luke decides that ignorance and bliss and stick has a box because yeah. they, they, they chopped off. So is that his, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So one day's head. Um, and then they're going to take it to Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt's <laughs> going to ask what's in the box. Oh, wait, that doesn't happen in this. No, no, but you know, it could, it could, it could. uh, yeah, there's some good interplay here where you've got <laughs> Luke. It's, this is a homicide, man. You know, I don't care if it's <laughs> like, hand. This is a homicide and sticks all. Yeah, so maybe the, the less you know, the better. Watch the kid. He's like, yep, <laughs> that's perfect. It's, Which makes me wonder. Okay, so so in in Luke Cage season one, he's he's a vigilante, right? He's he's going off and he's doing stuff, and Misty's always following and be like, why aren't you calling me? <laughs> I can help you in this. Why aren't you calling me? And he's like, no, I got to do it myself. And then this time, the one time he sees a homicide, he's like, no, no, I should be using my phone right now. And he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's not. But he is you know, stepping back. He is out of there because, yeah, yeah because that body, I mean, it's going to not exist anymore. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, sticks. A, Scott's a, a bad guy. Scott Glenn stick, not Scott Glenn personally, but stick is this he's he's a hardened guy that's for sure he is this is this is also the scene where he asks uh luke where'd you get this guy and and luke's like well this is what he was doing with my my people they're cleaning up bodies and sticks like yep that's the rest of my army you know they they kill them all and and that's just it you know no time for mourning because right we're in a war and then and then this is where, you know, he gives him the information of how to get stick or how to get the, the, the package back to Alexandra and the rest of the, the bad hand. Yeah. Which is what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Matt and Jessica are discussing property values in New York City and they have the, um, the, the reason the loft is so cheap, which I call the friend's excuse because there's no way that. Monica and all those people <laughs> afforded that loft, <laughs> but except for the fact that they had to, you know, the, the, the plot demanded the show. It. Yeah. Yeah. The show needed uh, a place and it had to look good and big, super big. Um, oh, yeah. So the show, this show needs a place and has to look good and super big. And for him to be you know, almost dirt poor, except for the fact that there's a big billboard outside or neon sign. Um, and then Matt finds evidence that Electra was actually in there. He he sees the chest open up, and he was that a Bible or was that just a book? I think it's just it a notebook. Looked, I thought it was a Bible at some point, but I could have been wrong. Um, but anyway, inside of it was tucked a um, a, a, a card from from Electra's funeral. Um, yeah, and he notices that. Mm-hmm. That it's, I mean, that's the important part of the scene here. Um, in fact, I got a little nervous. You know. Is Electra still there? Oh, no, she's not. But Yeah. This guy, man, he's just not he's, – he's got to be more open and, you know, let people know what's going on. He just – he can't open up. There's trust issues. There and, are trust issues. And it's – There it's, are trust issues. I mean, reasonable. it would be nice for him to maybe have a priest to talk to because <laughs> he's, he's done that in the first one, the first season, first two seasons. Um, yeah, so – the bad hand finds out finds out what's in the box. They all gang up on Alexa, and Gal comes to her rescue. It's not oh. Alexa; it's Alexandra. 
<laughs> okay. Oh man, that might be the thing that happens this episode. They all gang up on Alexandra or Ripley, and Gao comes to her rescue. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that is Gao still seems more powerful and more conniving than Alexandra. Um, not Alexa, because Alexa's just a little speaker thing. <laughs> but that's the, I think that's the point of this episode. And we've talked about this before, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we start with her at the this decline of her powers. But she still carries herself as if she is the most powerful, as she, you know, she is the leader. Um, she puts up that front um, because she has Electra. She has the black sky. And, yeah, so there's... I mean, she's talking about how they need to be united now, though, even though in the past they've tried to attempt to ass- assassinate each other. You know, like they're they're This guy's dead and they're upset because it wasn't one of them who killed him. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm almost getting that impression. <laughs> like we loved him so much that we wanted to be the ones to kill him. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like the it's like the if I didn't hate you, if I didn't make fun of you, I I you, how would you know I loved you? And I think that's stupid. If I can't kill you, how do you know that you're part of our family? Yeah, but that's <laughs> you know, it's almost the the impression you get. But this as they're looking at it though, this is the first one of of these five to really die mm-hmm. a, an eternal death. You know, mm-hmm. he he is dead and gone and there is no bringing him back. Do we have um, a a sort of backstory about who they were in Kunlun. Not really. I mean, just that they okay. were there, and right, and, the, and presumably they were they were sort of powerful beings who resided there. Yeah, yeah. I think that they were there. They they knew the secrets of everything, and then they wanted to take it. Uh, you know, a bridge too far. A bridge too far. Um. So then after they find out what's in the box and and Gao saves the day, Jessica is walking down the street making inappropriate jokes to Matt, talking about how awesome all the brownstones look and how plain they all look at the same time. And, and then she apologizes. She apologizes. And he says, Jessica. yeah, it's no big deal. And, and that's actually a genuine thing, you know, that when you're talking to someone who is blind – and, you know, you say, look at or something like that. I mean, they don't mind because they're used to it and they know it's 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 vernacular. And I say they as in the experience that I've had. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, she she's actually, though, showing a little bit of concern for her fellow man mm-hmm. when she's says this and then realizes, oh, wait. And are we seeing a turning point for Jessica? Maybe a little bit. Well. I think what we're saying is the ability to care about someone else for even a little bit. And that's a huge point for Jessica. So I guess, I guess, yes, this is a turning point for her. At least slight. Yeah. At least a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I did note that they use 92% instead of 12% because I guess she has actually more of a plan than star Lord does. <laughs> it's still a lot. It's still a lot, yeah. It's still a lot. Um, so then Lexi opens the door and she's, you know, questioning them. And Matt does his lawyer thing and, and gets invited into the house. Which if I may kids, just point out real quick, you did not say Alexa. That's good of you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 
<laughs> and everybody's Alexa just went on again. <laughs> um, it, children, don't let strangers into your house. Just if they're lawyers, have them call your mom. Jessica That's wasn't a stranger, though. That's true. Jessica wasn't a stranger. She was someone that, that the girl could trust. And so she was with someone else that the girl assumed she could trust as well. And they've they've connected. They her, um, the two of them are very similar, and I feel like I feel like this is forgivable. Okay, you know you're you're letting a family friend in the house with someone that you don't know. Mm, it's iffy, but so then the, okay. So when I first watched this, I can. Comp- Forgot completely about this next scene, um, and I had to. Re- I actually rewatched it a few times because it is a very well shot scene. Um, it's the scene where it starts off with Alexandra looking in the mirror, and then the camera just shifts a little bit, and you see Gal walk through the door. Um, it's a, it's beautiful. It's well shot. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and then they start shooting through everything, and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this scene, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Did I remember it? No. no. But, I mean, this is... The the mirror thing is just kind of constant with Alexandra. As she's, I think, figuring out who am I kind of thing. She also right. does a lot of eating in this series. She does a lot of eating in the series. A lot of eating. Yeah. Um. So, Gao confronts, comforts, reassures... I'm not sure exactly what her motivations are for Alexandra. (laughs) (laughs) So you you can't edit this out now. Like those mistakes are part of the episode. They are. They are part of the episode. Um, So uh, like I, like I was asking before, who are these people? And, and you and I don't really have an answer because um, if we did, we forgot it. Uh, (laughs) um, But they haven't shown us who these people are. And why they should be feared and powerful. All they've all they've done is told us through Danny, who well, we, a lot of people don't like, that they're bad. And Stick says that they're bad too, but a lot of people don't like Stick either. So it's a very like unreliable – I mean maybe this isn't that. But it feels like a very unreliable narrator type of thing where it's just – I, I don't know who these people are and why we should be afraid of them. They are five very powerful people who position themselves around the globe and who have this kind of infighting going on as they're having this war with the chaste. And they want power. They want immortality. And ultimately, they want to return to Kunlun. Now, who, who are they beyond that? They're boogeymen who have been doing crimes throughout the ages. And and right. that's that's really yeah it is a mysterious thing and there isn't a lot of information that they've given us, but you're also right though there's a lot of telling and mm-hmm. not showing, um, so we like you know we come into Alexa oh, I'm doing it <laughs> we come into Alexandra and Alexandra is at the you know she, her power is waning but we've seen Gal you know since since Daredevil season one. And we've seen her as a powerful force. And we've seen, you know, in, in Iron Fist, they, they've, these are powerful people and they have, you know, ninja training schools, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, 
and and they've built armies and you know they're going to war or whatever but at the same time um it's still very nebulous and i feel like a lot of it is being made up as they go along um from season to season show to show uh, i don't think that they quite know what's going to happen next with gal at the end of daredevil season one and what's going to happen next with the hand and i just i don't get a feeling of a real well thought out thing and the black sky too you know we see the black sky and it's that kid right know? and then the next thing we know no it's it's electra and and she's actually it or she's becoming it because he was killed but he uh, maybe there's multiple I, I i don't know it's all very nebulous and just supposed to be dangerous and i think that's probably the one weakness of the netflix series and it's also right. a weakness of the mcu movies series as well like Thanos, his motivation and stuff, it doesn't feel like what they did in Infinity War, which was incredible, but it doesn't feel the same as what they were doing at, you know, like at the event, end of the Avengers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll say that. And I and I, I don't. One of the problems that I have with this is Alexandra keeps talking about how and, and Gao even refers to Alexandra's prophecy as um of the black sky. Like this is your deal. This is your thing. But like, what is the black sky? Was, is it an old legend? Is it just somebody who got thrown into a, a sarcophagus and poured some, some stuff on? I mean, like, I don't under, I don't know what the significance of the black sky is. What we do know aside, is, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, aside from that, it's a killing machine. Yeah. What we do know is it's powerful and right. it's, powerful and and alexandra has control of it and all of her power is it, it just rests on black sky right now mm -hmm. like any power play the others want to make they don't think they can make it because she has the black sky mm -hmm. and it's interesting you know how what, what happens at the end and and how that plays into it because she is saying i'm the one who did all this blah 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 and, and we'll talk about when we get there, but she there, the cold war between them, if you're looking at it, kind of, a, you know, the arms race or whatever, she has the upper hand. None of them mm -hmm. have anything close to the power of the black sky, which we get to see really Electra, her current power levels. We're going to see it here. Yeah. Soon. And, and it's, and I, it's great. And I get that. I just going back to the show, not telling thing. Um, yeah. So then, so we're back at Danny and Luke. Um, Danny thinks the others are out to get him. He's not entirely wrong. Um, but then they start to sort of break down that wall a little bit, break down the, they start to become friends a little bit more. Um, I know they did that earlier with the Claire you know, when Claire sort of brought them together and said, you're on the same side, but this is just a continuation of that. Totally. And is. that's cool to see. And I want to see more of that. Cause Luke's a good guy and a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And, and man, I just, I like him more and more. You know, every episode that I see Luke Cage in, I just like him more. Yeah. I, and I do too. And I like, I mean, Mike Coulter does a very good job of portraying him, portraying that, that strong masculinity 
um, with that sort of do right type of attitude. That's it's cool. And a genuine friendliness, you know, and he, he's like, I don't want to hear about, all right, tell me about it. You know, I don't want to, yeah. the dragon, you plunged your fist into, that must've hurt, huh? You know, it, I didn't want to hear about it, but you know what? You want to talk about it. We're here. Okay, let's do it. Right. And I think he sees that the kid, I think he sees Danny as a kid at that moment, because one thing that has happened in the, in the, in, in his own series is that he's very conscious of young men, right. And in young men who don't have fathers and that's a thing. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And Danny's as a young man who doesn't have a father. Now he's mostly focused on, you know, Luke Cage is mostly focused on young black men who don't have fathers, but I think he's sort of, he can, st- he can step back from, you know, that one aspect of it and say, this is a young kid who needs a dad, who needs a friend, who needs someone to laugh with, you know, and, and, and tell, have some, have, he, I think he gets the sense that Danny's never been able to like tell his story to someone who, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not looking at him going like, ah, really again with the hand and the, okay, fine. Um, and, and, and that would be an interesting thing to sort of, walk through with him on they're not peers is the thing you know they, they are not peers where they're on the same level luke is definitely older more mature wiser and it's almost not quite but almost a mentoring kind of relationship it's not there yet but it's it's close it's close mm-hmm. um oh Okay, so then we're back with Jessica and Matt. Uh, Jessica confirms that she's actually watched all of season one of Daredevil um, and then convinces Lexi <laughs> that they are trustworthy. I, I love how she uses Matt's origin story to right. connect with, with Lexi. Right. That's, that's cool. I, I mean, I made a joke out of it, but it is a good story to tell, and it is a good way to connect it. And he responds with um, – I. I not sure exactly the emotion, but he responds in kind and, and, and just knows that that's where she's going and understands it. And I, they work well together. I want to see more of them mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, not together, together, but just like, you Working know, sharing together. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so Electra goes to her gravesite. Alexandra convinces her to serve life. Always. Uh, stick talks to Danny about wait 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 oh go ahead we're, we're moving too far too too fast here Th- this this scene is a pivotal scene then because this is where Alexandra gets Al- Electra to come back with her like Alexandra is doing the power play you can't come against me I've got the black sky and she doesn't even have the black sky yeah and this is where it's like okay hey come with me you know, this is what we need to do. I need you to help me to do this. Um, she's explaining. Uh, and this is also where she has a line. I wrote it down because it's very Ripley, or at least from the Alien universe. I can't help but thinking of Alien when she says this. When death doesn't come from outside sources, sometimes the organism tries to end itself. So talking about the organism, how can you not think about the xenomorph? And because that's what they called the the xenomorph in in the first alien, they I just remember them talking about the organism, the organism. Hmm. So anyway, I, and and maybe that's uh, I don't. I wonder if my my issues with Alexandra are 
based on Sigourney Weaver's acting. She's a she's an amazing presence, but is she is she a is she an amazing actor? And I don't know. Uh, and it could also be the the way it's written too, right? I mean, it it seems very much written not super awesome. So I don't know. I I, don't, I think that she's the presence that she needs to be comes from the acting. I I yeah I. I think that Sigourney Weaver is doing an excellent job with what she's being given and and creating what they're intending. I, I think that they did a she was a get for this. Mm, okay, I'm 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 just uh, something is amiss in that, and I'm trying to pinpoint it, and I don't know what it is. I wish I did. Okay, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. So then we're back to Stick and Danny talking about good chi and bad chi. That's, I mean, that's the next scene. Yeah, that's pretty much it, too. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, but not much, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I do like how Stick just sort of downplays everything that Danny's trying to tell him. You know, Danny's Danny's trying to puff up, right? And Stick just sort of slaps him and says, no, kid, you're still a kid. You have no idea what's going on. Which I guess is a good thing for Danny. And it's a good thing for, for people in general to have sometimes happen. If, you, if you're really that hubris... And and someone older and wiser sort of does the opposite of what Luke just did. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing. It is the opposite of what Luke was doing, and you know, it, and there is something to that youthful enthusiasm. That's like this is great, this is great, and this is so. Oh, I got it all figured out. I got it all figured out, and it's so complicated. And I'm so smart, and then you have the older person come and say, "It's really not that complicated." You know, like you're making right. it more complicated than it is, uh, because. And and there there's a thing. It's unfortunate with Stick because he is a total jerk, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has wisdom, and so he's a evil jerk man. But he has wisdom that they could benefit from if only he wasn't an evil jerk man. You know, like they, it's it's that's true. You know, they're they're shooting the messenger because the messenger is a jerk. <laughs> well, and the messenger isn't delivering a message that 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 is getting people on his side i mean i don't want to put on the leadership cap here but you know he's he's trying to get people to to join his fight and he's alienating all of them at the same time (laughs) he's he's not listening to tony robbins (laughs) yeah if he was just a little bit nicer and i get it you know you know niceness doesn't win wars niceness doesn't cut off their own hand for sure yeah (laughs) and so i i get it that he's this old wizened you know battle battle guy but like nobody wants to join his battle and so totally understandable (laughs) totally yeah yeah so then we're back with lexi and 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 matt and jessica and we find out that Lexi's dad was an insomniac and she misses him because she's her dad. He's her dad. So then he starts playing the P he starts playing a D. I think it's D sharp. Um, that's, that's ruffling. Some wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what he's playing though? No. What is he playing? His own theme song. No. Yeah. Really? He was playing the daredevil theme song. Well now <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> Okay, do, do, 
do do we like that? I don't know, but apparently <laughs> when he was in the orphanage at the convent or whatever, he, they taught him to play the piano and the song that they taught him was his own theme song from his TV show. I'm not All the right. biggest fan of that. When when the theme song, you know, and the incidental music becomes part of the environmental music. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. There's there's some funny things you can do with that, like Teen Titans Go. Um, they had a code on their their uh, security pad and it was the their theme song, you know, that I can live with because it's a comedy. I'm not sure how I feel about him playing his theme song on the piano, but it's what they chose to do. I'm, I, yeah, I get it. And I, there's sometimes when it's funny, like I remember the saint with Val Kilmer, his ringtone was that like, I wanted that as my ringtone. Right. Well, they, um, and they did it with, um, uh, Iron Man with his, his ringtone yeah. was the, uh, Iron Man, uh, cartoon show theme. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know. It can be used to good effect. I don't know if it should have been, um, in like, he should be playing that, but, who knows? But it helped him find D sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And, and sadly, it might have been that they needed to find D sharp, which doesn't make any sense. You could have just changed that note or whatever. And so they, they got so far into finding D sharp. They're like, what what music has D sharp in it? I don't know anything about music. I don't know what songs or what, but I'm just saying that this is sometimes how those things work. <laughs> I think that they would have used his theme song no matter what. And I think that was the plan all along once they realized he's going to be playing the piano. But I, that That's possible as well. Yeah. But, okay, I, yeah, I'm going to go on record and say I don't like that. If you're listening, Defender, <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, oh, and the Death Star plans are in the main piano. Yes, so, so the not. other MacGuffin, the one that's not a human, they've found it mm-hmm. now. They found the plans and it's um, it's many totally Bothans died to bring them those plans too. many Bothans died to bring them those plans, but not shown in, in, in Rogue One. That was not the same. Story. It was not Rogue One. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the greatest thing about that was, oh, we're to see. No, that's the one from Jedi. <laughs> that's not the same story. Um, Matt and Jessica have a, I, again, I really like those two together um especially when they're working and not fighting uh i think they work well together i think the chemistry is good between kristen ritter and charlie cox i like those two actors together i want to see more of them in their upcoming series um they have a great conversation about taking cases um and that's when he asks her you know how did you know about my father and she was like well you took my case i took yours um but after night falls, Matt's spidey sense kicks in and he knows something's wrong and he runs to help. But he doesn't have spidey sense. He's got daredevil sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what it was. Was it the smell? Did he hear it? I thought he heard Luke Cage falling. Maybe. But, but then I like how there's also the, the one... smell. I mean, he's using the incense as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could be it, too. But I, it felt like they were too far away. It did. It took them a long time to run in there. Yeah. So like the one scene, 
took him a long time to run in there based on the ability to sense something unless he's got supernatural ability to sense things and which he does because we know he does. It's true. It's true. Uh, but like in the scene previous, they were just walking and it was like daytime and yay. You know, they're just taking a stroll in New York City. And in this scene, it's dark. It's real dark. So, <laughs> so. I had forgotten about this too. I had forgotten that Stick totally does the, you know, there's a third option. We can hide him, mm-hmm. we run away, we can fight, or it makes sense. Kill Danny, get rid of the MacGuffin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Stick's just very practical and pragmatic, you know? He's he's just gonna do the well, job that has to be done. He's he's just reading the numbers from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh so He's yeah. gonna he's gonna cancel Danny before second season. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's they recast him. It's funny. Um, so Stick tries to kill Danny. They they fight, 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 fight. He knocks Luke Cage out. They fight some more. Uh, Electra comes in and they fight some more. But this time Electra and Stick fight. Um, and hey, right hey. at the very oh, Obi Wan Kenobi gets killed. Man. Obi Wan Kenobi and, and gets Luke killed. Skywalker is standing there. No, I mean it's no. Matt Murdock has Luke Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, there's two pretty good fights in this episode, and mm-hmm. this is Electra taking on all of them. Right. This fight is really cool with Electra taking on all of the defenders, um, and especially when she starts, you know, hitting Luke, you can hear him punching the sword. And it clanging off like metal or concrete or something. It's the sound design is really good in that. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great fight. I mean, you you get it all in this, and mm-hmm. uh, the the Luke Cage stuff especially because when Jessica comes after her, you're like, oh, she's got strength, but she's got nothing on Electra. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they she gets Danny, and she wins. I mean, she beats them all. She beats them all and she does it expertly. And then and you she, can, and she kills stick and she kills stick. And then she grabs Danny and jumps out a window because that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the next scene, oh, and I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. I, I didn't that see it coming so- either time. <laughs> yeah. I I would have thought she would have walked down the stairs because you know I mean Danny's not a not like a kid kid I mean he we call him a kid but he's kind of a grown man he's Dude, thirty or something like that he's heavy but she's the black hand or the black sky now I mean she <laughs> is powerful she punched out or kicked out I can't remember but she knocked out Luke yeah with, with her you know it, it wasn't she she wasn't using a rocket launcher or a shotgun. Or a, or a glowy fist. No. Yeah. So it's it's impressive. So, so this whole time, strong. they've been declining with Alexandra and elevating Electra to this point in this episode, mm-hmm. where suddenly she is a force to be reckoned with. Yep. So the next scene um, is Alexandra eating, and she's eating <laughs> with a fork and a knife, a salad. Who does this? This is this is like this George is George Costanza with a candy bar. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten all <laughs> I about that. I love until that. just now. And not gonna lie, 
I've done it because of that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, how does this work? Would this be? Yeah, it works. So it works nicely. So, okay. So now we have to talk about uh, Star Trek. Uh, do you remember the episode where T'Pol in Enterprise ate a breadstick with a fork and a knife? I, I do not. Well, that happened. So there's our obligatory Star Trek reference. Very good. It's very appropriate. Thank you. Yeah. That was that was very good. Uh, so then, then um, I forget this gentleman's name, but he only talks in Japanese. And wh- I I like the idea that he only talks in Japanese and she only responds in English, but yet they know what each other is talking about. And every time this comes up, I wonder, and I have no I have no knowledge of whether this is true or not, but I wonder if it is because. Sigourney Weaver didn't want to or couldn't learn the Japanese or like if it was a production thing or a writing thing. Like, let's do this from the beginning or we have to sort of make something up to make it work in the in the end. Well, I, I think it was a writing thing because it shows that he is not a team player. And oh. it shows a disconnect between the two of them. It's, you know, they are choosing. It's not just him. It's her, too. Like she could very easily, she understands it. She speaks it a little bit in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what what they're showing is to say, hey, they are their own people, and they are you know, they need to meet each other in the middle somewhere. But they are not. They're not going to. And I th- I think it's a it's a writing thing. I think it's a really well realized uh, relationship thing for them. And it also makes you you know not look at your phone. All the shows on because you're gonna miss half the story. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. <laughs> For me, <laughs> as a single language speaker or a language and a quarter, I mean, I speak tiny, tiny, tiny French. Um, it you, you can't look away. You can't look away. No, or you're gonna you miss the conversation, right? It, and it's even more frustrating because you'll get half the conversation, but it's not like she is repeating what he says. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I watch a lot of you know anime. I also started watching a Japanese show on uh, Amazon Prime called Aliens versus Businessmen. And if anyone <laughs> ever listens or anyone ever watches that show, let me know because it's it's not great, but it's really funny. And I, I just can't tell if I'm actually supposed to be laughing the way I'm laughing, or if I'm missing something in the translation. Um that I'm like missing the jokes that I'm actually supposed to be laughing at or whatever. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm used to watching. Oh, and also I, I love watching, uh, like Ingmar Bergman movies and that sort of thing. So I, I don't mind subtitles, but when you're watching the show and it's just going along, you can look away and then all of a sudden, wait, I just missed, I just missed 30 seconds of conversation. I have to rewind. Right. And, yeah. rewind. I, I, I don't mind subtitles either. I, I, it, it allows me to be actively engaged in this in the movie rather than just being lazy on my phone. That being said, I've gotten to the point, and I think a lot of us in this world have, where we're looking at two screens at the same time. You know, the the screen with the show on this, or, or more, yeah, and the screen with our 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 phone or iPad or laptop or whatever. It's true. Okay, so so she so then she brings in so Electra brings in Danny, plops him on the floor, violating probably a lot of health code violations, but I don't think they matter. Um, not at this point. And not at this point. I mean, they're basically they, immortal anyway, right? 
Right. So what are they going to do? Get get locked up or fined? And if they they would just pay the fine or blow somebody up, it's fine. Whatever. Um, so then the last scene is uh, the a bad board meeting. <laughs> they've got <laughs> they've got Danny Rand tied yeah, up. Yeah. And and she's like, "Thank you for joining us today." And he's like, "You'll never, you know." He he spouts stuff off because he's Danny Rand. And then they wheel him away, and Electra comes in, and and Alexandra gives her a command and says, "Kill all of them." You know, she says, "Kill Luke Cage, kill Jessica Jones, and kill the devil from Hell's Kitchen, whatever his name is." And she walks away, and she goes and grabs Raphael's size and comes back, and. Well, she goes away and she comes and then, you know, Alexandra is is spouting off and saying that she's the best and everything. And then she dies because (laughs) she gets stabbed. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And this is a great scene, though. To me, it is anyway. When she brings in Danny, she brings him in and then she walks by the weapons on the wall and she eyes the size right there. Mm -hmm. And then you have Alexandra. With she speechifies all over the place here. She does. You know, the only thing about war is it works if the, if both sides believe they're the good guys, and and you're gonna do what everyone else does for me. You're gonna serve me, and and uh, you know we want to return to Kunlun. You're just like us. And she gives all these speeches to Danny, and then they take him away. And she yeah she gives the 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 orders to Electra, but then she gives a speech, which is I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. I am the one I'm stabbed. I'm dead. Um, And she gets straight up murderized. I mean, (laughs) Electra just kills her and she is dead on the floor. She gets her head chopped off, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, and Electra's all, you work for me now because I'm the actual power. And she doesn't Mm -hmm. say this, but that's what it is. She was the actual power. Any power Alexandra had was Electra. Mm-hmm. And throughout this whole episode, I'm just, you know, you're just thinking this because you see it. They see it. Alexandra is putting up this front. And all of a sudden, this is where um, I think the title comes from. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Mm. Um, you know, you have Electra coming through almost like a plague. You know, She is taking down <laughs> everyone. And, and now she is the boss. They are going to follow her. And she carries it. I feel like the the actress carries it well and, and does a, a great job with it. Yeah, she's she's I like her. I like her in this newfound. Um, when she was in Daredevil season two, she was a little bit bratty kid ish, bratty, you know, socialite Kardashian type of person. Um Kardashian, not Kardashian. Uh, and, and so in this now, she's she's got that power. She's got that strength. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I I liked it. And I was, again, when she kills Stick, I was surprised. When she killed Alexandra, I was really surprised. And I didn't remember that happening. But they're doing the buildup. And I'm like, something, what's going to happen? What happens here? You know, because they're they're closing in. The camera's moving in on Alexandra. She is getting more and more assertive. And then, boom, she's dead. Mm-hmm. She's dead. 
And it was well done too, because it wasn't, it, it's not like it, it showed a whole bunch. It just, I mean, it showed the, the, the pulling of out of the size, but it didn't show her getting stabbed repeatedly a whole bunch. So there wasn't a whole bunch of blood and gore is what I'm trying to get to. Um, it, it was simplified. It, it, it was worse in your mind than it was on the screen. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. So that's the episode. That is. And you know, this is episode six. There's two more left in here uh, for this, uh, for the defenders. And yeah, I, I'm enjoying it the second time around. I am too. I'm enjoying bit. it. I mean, I, I'm asking a lot of the same questions I always ask, and that's just because that's the way you know I filter things through the through the lens of me, right? But I do appreciate that they did bring everybody together, and they do have a good story ish to to sort of play them against, and mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Well, we will find out next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and post credit for this episode is going to be uh, a little bit of talking again everybody's favorite uh game show and that is is it MCU we're going to do that game show about venom in our mm-hmm. post credit so mm-hmm. um, and so oh if you have i mean we'd love to hear you guys we'd love to talk to you guys so hit us up on facebook and um ben will put all the uh, the the he'll say all the the links and stuff at the end of the show um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys and, and want to hear more from you. And I do also want to say thank you to, uh, agents, Andrew, agent, Anthony, agent, Jeffrey, agent, 084, agent, uh, tassel and agent Trent for being Patreon patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, and you can support us there. There's some bonus episodes in that area. Um, you know, the, the bonus episodes, they're fun. You know, they're not, uh, they're not huge, you know, they're not giant episodes, but they're fun. And, um, the one that I had the most fun doing was, uh, the, uh, the music of welcome to level seven. So we did a little, uh, kind of mini episode. It's not, I, I guess it's full length, you know, yeah, it's an hour. It, yeah. It's, it's all of the, the music from the different TV series that we cover and, and a preview of the music that we'll be using for Punisher. Do, do, do. And I do have one bit of feedback here from Agent 084. And the subject okay. line is spoilers for Defenders Episode 6. <laughs> and so this is he was listening to one of our earlier episodes. And he and the message is, I found it funny you brought up Luke's tell me everything we need to know moment. When a big part of this middle arc is Matt. Oh, yeah, there's a big hole. Murdoch getting berated <laughs> by Jessica and Luke for not divulging everything he knows. And it's true. It's very true. It is. There's no defense against that. <laughs> very little defense anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um, he should have told them I, he should have, especially. I mean, the whole thing I can kind of see. But it, when when Electra showed up, he should have been like, yo, just so you all know that me, you know, I there's stuff there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with Matt, though. You know, that's the kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know how to handle this. So I'm yeah. I'm right there with Matt as far as that goes. So. Uh, yeah, so speaking of Venom, can I uh, just kind of tell you how I felt when I was sitting in the theater? <laughs> Stuart. 
sitting in the theater and uh, sitting next to Evan. And I'm just, the movie's getting ready to start. And I'm, I just turned to Evan and was like, yeah, Venom. Somebody's going to have to stay and watch him. Preferably somebody who can take a punch. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. And now it's time for everybody's favorite game show. Is it MCU? Yes, that's right. It's the show that dares to ask the question. Is it MCU? Is there a new Marvel TV program? How about an original Marvel streaming show? Or a movie by another studio? It all begs the same question. Is it MCU? And now... Here's everybody's favorite game show host who's not afraid to ask it, Sam Benjamin Stewartson! So, Ben? Yes? Is it MCU? <laughs> I'm going to say a conditional no. It, and, and here's why. We had some news that uh, Craven the Hunter is going to be another solo movie that Sony wants to do and the screenwriter for Craven the Hunter. So this hasn't even been written yet, but the screenwriter is saying he's going to include Spider-Man. But that it's also going to take place in the same universe as Venom. And so if Tom Holland, Spider-Man, shows up in Craven and Craven is the same universe as Venom, then retroactively, yes, MCU. But is it? <laughs> They don't mention anything. <laughs> they don't mention anything that makes it MCU, except they mention uh, Jameson. But it's the astronaut, J. Jonah Jameson's son, that they mention. And we haven't met J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU yet. Like, he may not even be in the MCU. Uh, we'll see if he's in Far From Home, and he might be, but... There was an opportunity at one point where they were talking about um, Eddie Brock being at a newspaper in New York. And it was the uh, the Daily something. It wasn't the Daily Bugle. You know, mm. I mean, they, so is What's it MCU? Uh, I'm going to say. Newspaper can, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I don't remember. Actually, you know what? Let's find out. <gasps> this might be the connection. Karen Page, uh, Netflix. Let's see. Oh, you may have found it. I didn't oh, even man. see the movie, folks. Ben Urich. Wait, wait, wait. We need to look up Ben Urich is what we need to do. And this is post credit, so maybe we don't need to. Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki. Uh, 
um, New York Bulletin. It was not New York Bulletin. It was the okay. Daily Something. Okay. Yeah. So, the last time we saw Venom on our movie screens was Spider-Man 3. Was it better than Spider-Man 3? And by better, I mean, did anybody dance? Uh, so I don't know which way this answer needs to go for you to decide if this is better or not. Uh, was it better than Spider-Man 3? The Venom portions, yes, I would say are better than Spider-Man 3. Um, yeah. It's not a terrible movie. I, I, let me just put it this way. It's not a terrible movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. And it's not what I expected. Hmm. I expect it to be kind of a, a superhero horror kind of thing, body horror. Um, I expected it to be about, you know, this thing taking over and just fighting it. And it really ended up being the odd couple, uh, <laughs> you know, superhero odd couple where they're sharing a body and there is conflict between them. But... It's it, there's and it's, one of them's messy and the other one does is a is a neat freak. Yeah, yeah, but the kind of messy is willing to kill and eat people, and the kind of neat freak is I don't want to do that, you know. So, <laughs> um, and, and so there's moments of horror. There's moments of where they pull back from the gore, but there you know there's gory stuff happening. There's lots of humor, and honestly, I did enjoy the movie. It just wasn't great. And if you want to hear all my thoughts, um, Strangers and Aliens, episode 287. It's a road trip episode where Evan and I are driving to the theater and then driving back after we've seen it. Um, but I would say, you know, Infinity War, you got to see that in the theater. All right. Mm -hmm. Star Wars, I don't care what it is. You got to see it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Venom, I wouldn't watch it on my phone for the first time that you're watching it. <laughs> but, you know, watching it at home, you're going to be totally fine. And I, I, I feel like you went from five to one. <laughs> I, I, well, I was hopefully going from like four to two. Okay. But yeah, I, I gave it three stars on when I put it on Letterboxd. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it just, it's a movie that exists and it's a definite diversion of your time. And well then good yeah. i'm i'm but it's not mcu and so therefore i'll wait till it comes out on video okay. yeah well again retroactively it could become mcu but there is nothing in the movie that says hey you know what this is mcu you yeah. know what it feels like it feels like ang lee's hulk right it feels like it's in that same spot in in the in the marvel cinematic universe you know, actually, that's Say. not that's not terrible uh, analogy. No, uh, because because that's technically not MCU, right? But the the Edward Norton Hulk movie did reference that movie. It did. Uh, it yeah, yeah. yeah it is kind of like that because Ang Lee's Hulk definitely fed into Norton's movie. Norton's movie could have easily been just considered a sequel to Ang Lee's Hulk without being tied into the MCU. And it could have gone in that direction, but instead, you know, it was an MCU thing and Ang Lee's Hulk wasn't, you know? Uh, yeah. But because, so, yeah, because of the attachment to, yeah, 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 you're right. 
Um, so if this Craven thing and you know they put Spider Man and it is Tom Holland, I I I will say that I'll still watch it probably, and you know consider it MCU adjacent. Yeah, yeah, and so we also got a feedback from Agent Oi Four about this one, and he says I wouldn't bother covering Venom as an MCU movie or even as <laughs> he says even actually it's funny to use that word I wouldn't bother covering Venom as an MCU movie or even an MCU adjacent movie. <laughs> No Tom Holland appearance, two cast members that already have MCU roles, and the tone is way off. Last year, I saw someone describe Justice League as a begrudging admission that the Marvel Studios formulas worked and a poor attempt to emulate it. That's how I felt watching this, even if the tone is also way different from Justice League. The DCEU is too dark and just a tiny amount of silliness, and Venom is too silly with just a tiny amount of darkness. Marvel Studios seems to have found a great balance that the other studios just haven't. All that aside, I had a decent enough time watching it. It was a silly, predictable action movie, and when you turn your brain off and try not to care, you'll enjoy yourself. But I don't want it to touch my MCU. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think 084 has the definitive statement on that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good statement to end on. Yep. Yeah. All right, Ben. Thank you. Later.